Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the audio ministry of Lighthouse Baptist Church in Schenectady, New York. For more great content, please visit us at lighthousebaptist.org. Now let's open our hearts and minds to the Word of God. great memories. Now, in my house, now, Warner's, you, you had a bunch of kids. The other Warner's, you've got a bunch of kids. And uh, so in our house, we didn't have a lot of one-on-one time, but it was kind of a happy herd. You know, that's really what we were, a happy herd. And uh, mom made all the difference in the world. Uh, dad, in, in, in my family, like it is in a lot of families, dad was, dad was the one, um, you know, he, he made the rules. We didn't negotiate with him. It was interesting. When I was growing up, we'd have, we had 15 people in our house, and we had probably... On a given Saturday afternoon, we could have 30 to 40 people on our front porch or playing in the street in front of the house on a Saturday. And if anyone was in the house in the summertime at 9 o'clock, and uh, it was 9 o'clock, all my dad had to do was lean over the top railing and say, it's 9 o'clock, all friends go home. <laughs> he should have ran for office. But <laughs> eyes open, and everybody went home, and everybody was happy. Mom... Mom was a uh, more tender-hearted one. And that's the way it is in a lot of homes. Not every home, different personalities, different types, but uh, Mother's Day is one of those things you can't miss. I mean, just, we, there's something in us that wants to honor our moms, want to honor our, our, uh, our motherhood, and certainly in general. And let me just ask real quickly, if you're a mom, would you please stand up for just a moment? You're a mom here this morning. We have several out today, but if you're a mom, stand up. Okay, I think they deserve a round of applause, right? <laughs> Amen. Especially when I look around, I know some of your families, some of the children you had to put up with. So, uh, Kitty, Kitty, we, we have a medal for you. We're putting together a medal for you. <laughs> but um, so it's, it's, it's good. And happy Mother's Day to you. It's a, it really is a, a spectacular day, very important day. And it's one of those uh, special uh, holidays that, you know, like I said, it's very warm, uh, loving, supportive. Uh, we think about all the good things of uh, of motherhood and moms and the special warmth you just you know guys we can be I, I thought I was a pretty loving father I can't match up to to Bonnie and that's probably true in a lot of homes you know the women they just do a finer job Napoleon Bonaparte said let France have good mothers and she will have good sons and I think that's absolutely true turn with me in your Bibles please to Proverbs chapter 1 we're going to look at a few different passages today we're going to take a look at Mom, the, the title is Mom, the First Woman I Ever Loved. And it's really just, it's, it's just a, an, an unabated effort to honor moms in motherhood. And uh, they're worthy of our respect. Uh, the sacrifices that moms go through, um, guys, we wouldn't do it. I don't think we could do it. I think God gives special grace and special abilities to moms that, that we just sometimes just stand back and are in wonder at. I know I am. And uh, we're going to take a look at a few things today. The first thing I want us to take a look at is the mother's heart. We're going to start by looking at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8. Proverbs, of course, a wonderful, wonderful book in Bible. Uh, it has uh, just nuggets of wisdom. And uh, let me just say, several years ago, I tried to expand my reading. You know, I like to read different books, uh, historical significance, uh, not super philosophical. I'm not really into that. I don't think there's a lot of merit in there. But I was reading Aesop's Fables. Do you ever read Aesop's Fables? Anybody? Mark, you're a reader. You read Aesop's Fables? So I was, I was reading them, and I'm thinking, oh, these are pretty cool. You know, I'm reading them, spending maybe a few hours into it. And I remember, then I'm thinking, Proverbs beats this all day long. And that's what we have in the book of Proverbs. 
are these, these proverbs, these proverbial statements that are so profound. They have an application that's immediate and immense. And in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege that's ours to be in the house of God. And Lord, we thank you for this Lord's Day. We thank you, Lord, for the word of God that we have with us. It is, it is eternal. It is settled forever. We shall be judged by those things that are written in the word of God, by the Son of God. And all judgment is, has been committed under the Son. Lord, we thank you so much for the blessings that we have. Lord, as always, we pray that if there be any here today that have not yet repented of their sin, seen themselves as a sinner that needs to be saved and trust in Christ, Lord, we pray that this would be the day of salvation. Lord, we pray also that you'd help us to, to give to the mothers that are among us and the moms that, that are not with us today the, the reverence and the respect that they are due. And we say that, Lord, in, in light of your word, not from any human uh, thoughts of our own, but what your word says. And Father, we pray that you'd knit our hearts together. Lord, help us to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we're just so thankful to be recipients of such great grace and blessing. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So, mom's the first woman I ever loved. And uh, I was talking to someone earlier this week, and they said, eh, I'm not going to call them because they frankly don't remember who it is offhand, but hey, there are some people who can't remember like anything before the age of five. Is it, uh, does anybody here remember anything before the age of five? Raise your hand if you, if you can remember. I do. I got a lot of memories. It, it goes back like forever. Um, I just say that just because some of those memories are some of my fondest memories, uh, you know, of my childhood and of my mother. And uh, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, of course, Proverbs is a, a wonderful, wonderful book. And uh, just to reiterate, it says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Now, the father is the head of the house, Absolutely. And, uh, but the mother is, is, they walk hand in hand. The law of thy mother is generally seen as being, you have the biblical uh, commandment to go forth and, uh, and, and to follow the teachings of God, Old Testament, New Testament, whatever it may be, the, the honorable and respected teaching of God. And it should be in the home, there where the dad is the initiator of that. He should be the one that, that will lift it up. And maybe not the one who always says everything, but, but the one who, who is a guide of this, who makes sure that this gets done. That's really important, and the Father needs to be that, and we should, we should strive to be that. You know, we don't do that naturally. I don't do it naturally. I, there's a lot of men. We just don't do that naturally. But in a home that works well, it is the Father that leads in these things, and it says, hear the instruction of thy Father. So really clear, and there's so many verses. We could take off on this, and we may, on Father's Day when it comes up, and really expound on that. But this verse says, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Now, it's really simple. Listen to your parents. And it's, it's so incredibly important. Now, this, this principle of listening to your parents, it really is benefited uh, when the parents conduct themselves in a way that's appropriate and consistent with, with biblical living. I had a, a brief conversation with someone downstairs earlier and talking about this, this topic and how it's, it's our testimony as Christians, and we're parents, to our children that will, will bring the most uh, impact to the statements that we say. For instance, if we tell our children, uh, you know, we lie all the time, and we say, someone calls on the phone, tell them I'm not here. Okay, well, that's not true, and that's a lie. And your children hear that, and that is a lie. If you've been guilty of it, just 
confess it, forsake it, and move on. It's not the worst thing in the world, but our children see things like that. Tell them I'm not here. That's a lie. But if we're truthful in, in all ways, and then if we're ever not truthful, we admit it and bring it to light, we address it as such, now our words have more impact with our children. So when we are walk in consistent with the biblical pattern that we're trying to establish, not perfect, but consistent, then, then the words have, have great impact. And I say that because, again, part of the conversation downstairs was, sometimes as a parent, as a mom or as a dad, we can think, I really messed up. And you're probably right. <laughs> you probably did. Because you know what? We all have in some way. But that should not stop us from pursuing the highest level that we can in our walk with God and in, in encouraging our children. You know, the heart of the mother, forsake not the law of thy mother. The father can give instruction, but he's not always in the family. A lot of times, dads are out working. We're slugging it out. You know, I, I look a lot as, you know, current, um, the, the, the father in the home. A lot of times, we're like soldiers. We are. We're out fighting the battle. We're making a living. We're providing for the home, and so we're, we're out more. And I'm not saying we have perfect balance on it. I didn't have perfect balance. Maybe you didn't either. But that's what we do. We are here to protect and provide and support our family. We also give the, the very best spiritual guidance and heart guidance that we possibly can. But at, in, in part of that role of responsibility that the dad has to go out and slug it out in the world, because frankly, sometimes the world is not a very friendly place, amen? But we're fighting a battle. And we're, out, we're providing, doing the very best we can. That's, the, that's where the special role of the mom really comes in and is magnified. Because the guys, we can't do it by ourselves. We can't do everything. And that's why when God established a home, he establishes two incredibly important roles, side by side, hand in hand. Not one dicta- dictating over the other, but working together in the, in the roles and in the pattern that God has established to raise up our children the very best that we can. And, but it's super important that we instruct our kids, we tell our kids, we teach our, our children to listen to their moms and dads. You know, some people, have you ever seen um, uh, an overprotective mother? You ever seen an overprotective mother? Yeah, she's usually the one who controls her kids better than you control yours. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of funny. I thought I'd throw it out there. There are overprotective moms, but a good mom and a good dad will watch over the children, care for them. Now, I don't know how true it is, but a lot of people have said, and I think there's some truth in it, the times have really changed. When I was a kid, um, I mean, our, my mom wouldn't see me like in the summertime all day long. We'd leave in the morning, and in hindsight, she never said it at the time, but in hindsight, I'm now in my 20s or 30s, and she said, again, there's 13 of us ragamuffins scourging the city of Albany. <laughs> I mean, it was... In hindsight, my mom said she counted it a good day when we all came home. <laughs> That's my frame of reference. But our, our, our parents care for, care for us, and it's really important. I think, I think parents here do this. I think, I think we do a good job at it, but I just want to support and confirm the fact that parents, we need to tell our kids, our children, you need to listen to us. And dads, you need to... Stand up and support the moms. If the children are acting up, they're being disrespectful to the mom, they need to know that will never, ever be tolerated. I'm not telling you the means to respond to that. I'm just saying respond to it because it, it's, it's super important that you see it. 
uh, together. But again, when you have this role, these roles, these God-ordained roles, these God-defined roles of mom and dad and home, it's a beautiful team. But there's a warmth in the mom and there's a tenderness and that sacrificial love that she has that, that a dad could never, that we'd never replicate. There's a, a preacher by the name of um, Beecher. I think it's Beecher Ward. I'm not certain. But he said this, God pardons like a mother who kisses the offense into everlasting forgetfulness. I want to read that again. God pardons like a mother who kisses the offense into everlasting forgetfulness. And I saw that. I said, boy, that, that's got some meat on it. That is, that is really worthy of, of consideration. Turn me over to Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. You know, talking about the heart of a mother. They've, they have a tenderness that, uh, that guys, we, we generally don't have. We generally can't stand up. But we need to listen to that tenderness. God has given them insight that the God, we don't naturally have men, and so we need to listen to that and learn from it. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10, of course, we have uh, a, uh, the Proverbs 31 woman. We'll get into Proverbs 31. In verse 10, it says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. A virtuous woman. Let me tell you something. That is in really short supply. In the days in which we live, it's like non-existent. And I'm an optimist. This is really, really hard to find. Women of Christ, godly women who want, women who want to be godly women, following Christ, uh, emanating virtue, following a path to virtue, and laying down that example for their children to see. You know, it ought to be, and I think it is in, in large respect, and I'm not shearing the sheep by any means, but I, I think it is in many respects that when boys or girls start to get into trouble, I hope they say to themselves, I hope my mom never sees me do this. As, an, as a young Christian, I was being instructed on, on God and Jesus, and I'm saved, and the Holy Spirit, and how we ought not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And how we ought to conduct ourselves in a manner that would, that would not grieve him. For instance, I was very early on, I gave up going to the movie theater because I didn't want to bring the Holy Spirit into some of those things that was being shown on the screens. I'd grieve the Holy Spirit. And to kind of put this in a sense of perspective, I, 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 had a, I was in a discussion with someone or maybe teaching a, a junior church class or something. My frame of reference on grieving the Holy Spirit was this. Would you want your mom with you when you do that? And I think that's a tremendous sense of perspective. Not to, not to get rid of the primary application of the Holy Spirit himself, but as a frame of reference, would you want your mom with you when you do that? I loved my mom, and I respected my mom. And my mom, she's a tough lady. She, uh, she wasn't like leather skin, but she's tough. She put up with a lot of stuff. Had 13 you know, crazy people. And some of you know a few of my siblings, but we are, we're, we're as different. We are like, I hate even to use the word rainbow, but we're just like, we're like every variety under the sun, and family reunions are pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, but a virtuous woman. So a lady, the Proverbs 31 woman, is a woman of virtue. She has character. She's not careless. She's not rude. Her general character is, is, is such a fine example, template, of what mothers can be and should be made of. She's a woman of virtue. Someone says that, that that's the same as saying, a woman of virtue is the same as saying, 
a woman of power and strength. Power and strength. Not dominating the man, but a woman of conviction. A gentle, firm conviction. She knows her Lord, she knows his will, and she applies herself to follow it. Turn with me for just a minute. We're going to look at just a, another verse or two on this point. We'll move on. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, verse uh, 4. Matthew chapter 15, verse 4. Jesus approaches this topic. And this, this, this topic of honoring your, your mother and your father, uh, it's repeated throughout Scripture, according to Ephesians 6.1, there's not a parent who hasn't taught their child Ephesians 6.1. Matthew chapter 15 kind of backs it up, very, supports the same principle. And it says, uh, starting in verse 4, it says, But God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother, and he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, and he goes on to say their, their vain traditions, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother is a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. In other words, Jesus was making the distinction that God said, honor thy father and thy mother. And I don't care if they're saved or not. You need to honor them. It doesn't mean you follow them, perhaps in rebellion to God. That's never the case. But we need to honor them, saved or unsaved. Why? Because God gave us that person as our father, or God gave us that person as our mother. We need to honor them. Jesus was very clear, and he said, and he used as an example how far they had wandered away from them. I mean, honor your father and your mother. Honor. There's other passages that deal with the same topic, and, and what they say it's really talking about is to give honor unto them throughout life. When, whenever it's at your disposal, do those things that would honor your father and your mother. Now, my, my mom and dad passed away. My dad passed away in 1979, uh, about three months before I got saved, and he got saved, thank, thankfully, about uh, just a matter of hours before he, he left. So I'm very thankful for that we're saved by grace through faith. My mom got saved many years later. It was uh, the day before Thanksgiving, 1998, I believe it was, when my mom got saved. And I had the opportunity. I, didn't, she wasn't, I wasn't with her the moment she got saved, but I'm so thankful. We had several one-hour-plus conversations about the gospel. We had several of them. And I know I shared this with you before, but in, in, our, in, our, in, the, in, in the discussion the day after Thanksgiving, 1998, I'm sorry, the day before Thanksgiving, 1998, she said, this is before she got saved, she said, you know, I always feel good about my relationship with God until I talk to you. <laughs> it's a gift. <laughs> my response was, well, you need to feel good about your relationship with God with both eyes open, talking about openly. Everything's on the table, not this hush, hush, let's not talk about it. I have my faith, you have yours. No, it needs to be identified. It needs to be solidly based upon what the Bible teaches. So I left, went to Bonnie's side of the family for Thanksgiving that year, came back sort of the day after, and she said, I did what you said I should do. And she trusted Christ as Savior. And there was such a wonderful change in her that the family noticed hey, mom's different this year, at Christmas time. We'd get at her house for Christmas time. My mom, great lady, but she'd sometimes, you know, she'd sometimes bark at you when you're helping in the kitchen. <laughs> like, you're not doing it the right way. And uh, that year, there was just something, and it's funny, because my siblings, who, you know, we're not on the same page on these things, but they were saying, boy, mom seems different this year, doesn't she? Because mom got saved. And uh, so God gives to 
to, uh, to women a special heart. They've got a wonderful role. And so that's mom's heart. Very quickly, the mother's honor in, uh, uh, in, in verse uh, in verse 5, actually building upon that verse, uh, verse 4, God commanded to sing, Honor thy father and mother, and let he that curseth the father and mother, let him die the death. And we're, what we're talking about here is, we're talking about the mother's heart, but then the mother's honor, and really, we've kind of covered it a little bit already, but there is an honor that we need to give to our parents. And it doesn't matter what stage of life we're at. When we're young, we need to obey our parents. I mean, that's just the way it goes. I love it when they're of that age, and it'll vary from child to child. My kids, up until they got to about the age of seven, um, the reason why they had to do what I told them to do, it was sufficient for me to say, because I'm the dad. And that made perfect sense to them. Somewhere around eight, it's kind of like, need a little bit more substance than that. And we taught them, don't get me wrong, we taught them. And I used, to, I used to also tell them things like, uh, well, Dad, how do you know that's true? And I would say, because it was in the book they gave me when you were born. <laughs> and they were really amazed that such books were printed. <laughs> but we honor our parents. Honor thy father and thy mother. This is talking about a degree of affectionate respect that we owe to our parents that we don't owe to anybody else. This level of affectionate respect. It, it, parents stand, and this is a holy place, moms and dads, we stand in the place of God in representing God to our children. It's been said, and I, and I, I totally agree with this, that children will see God as they see their parents. I've heard it said more so with dads and moms, but I think they both play an important role. So if dads are aloof or domineering or angry or cutting, they'll see God in the same way. If, if moms or dads are too soft and they just let things go and, and they laugh when their kids hit them or that kind of thing, you know, in a disrespectful way, well, they'll see God as someone who, well, he'll just kind of put up with anything, won't he? So it is so important that we apply ourselves in the very best way uh, as the ambassador for Christ with our, our, our children that they would understand what God's like. You know, it's, it's that affectionate respect that we give to them and it says, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to turn just uh, very quickly here. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And then it goes into certain instructions for fathers and servants, but that thy days may be long upon the earth. There's a blessing that God gives to, to children that, uh, that honor and reverence their moms and their dads. You know, when, when I met um, Bonnie, um, my mom wasn't a Christian yet, and, uh, but I wanted her approval before I married Bonnie. I was pretty sure I was going to get it, but I wasn't certain. Now, I, I, I got to be careful. Every once in a while, I, I actually do hold back what I'm thinking. I'm not sure this is going to be one of those times. But when, when, when I met Bonnie, and, I, I, and we had that dinner with my mother, we had our first dinner, we went out to Cavalier's Restaurant in Albany, I really looked for my mom's approval. You know, we weren't on the same page spiritually, but she knew me. 
And she knew the type of personality that would fit best with mine. And, uh, and I'm not sure if, if she said this on the first or the second time, but she said about Bonnie, she has spunk. I like her. And you know what? She does have spunk. She's got buckets of spunk. <laughs> and, uh, but that, that was, when my mom said that, that was like big red light, or big green light, big green light, green light, <laughs> green light. <laughs> I'm not a follower of Freud. You shouldn't be either. Big green light, big green light. When my mom said, I like her, I said, then that's a green light. Absolutely. Lastly, let's turn to 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Again, Napoleon Bonaparte said, uh, let France have good mothers and she will have good sons. Absolutely true. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. Of course, Paul, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5 just for context. But this is Paul writing to his son in the faith. He, I mean, he loves Timothy. Timothy and Paul had a great relationship and uh, Timothy was a great servant of, of Christ and a faithful, uh, faithful preacher in his later years. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. This is the operative thought for today. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned, that means, that means sincere, unpretentious, the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. You know, nobody deserves a special day all to herself more than today's mothers. And I, I just want to read this. There was a, a cartoon that showed a psychologist talking to his patient. And he said this, let's see, you spend 50% of your energy on your job, 50% on your husband, and 50% on your children. I think I see your problem. You know, moms have such a plateful, and, and we want to honor you today. We honor you today. And I, uh, you certainly do a job that, that no man could ever do. And Paul, when he looked at Timothy, he found a young man that God could use. And he, he didn't find, unfortunately, in this situation, a young man who had, by any frame of reference, a godly father that he could use as a point of reference. He didn't have that. There's no reference to this. But you know what he did have? He had a godly mother and a godly grandmother. And I think this, this gives tremendous hope to single-parent homes, to, parent, to homes that are maybe single-parent for whatever reason. It started that way, it ended that way, whatever it may be. Look at Timothy. You know, a lot of people say, well, oh no, what's going to happen now to my family? And it's a challenge. I don't, I don't wish on anybody. But look what happened to Timothy. Timothy had a godly mother and a godly grandmother. And, and Paul, said, Paul saw in Timothy a unique set of uh, uh, godly skills and talents that, that God used in a tremendous way. He says, when I call to remembrance, and the, this desire to see Timothy, it was just, it, it speaks of Paul's uh, sincere love and respect and admiration and, and camaraderie kind of a relationship with Timothy in the preaching of the gospel. And where did it come from? 
Where did this base come from? Mom. Oh, it's great when it comes from dad. And it ought to come from dad. But where did this come from? It came from mom. It came from grandma. And in verse 15, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, it says, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now you take a look. You know, moms, we just, honestly, we love you. Uh, you do such a, a great job. God, God ordained the family. And, oh my goodness. Boy, they're trying to just redefine everything these days. And it is crazy. God ordained the family. God ordained homes that would be run uh, one man, one woman, mother, father, children, in an orderly way. And I know things come up along the way, but that's the model. That's the model. And when godly moms and godly dads apply themselves to do their best to raise godly children, you know, God gets involved in that. And God blesses it. And it's a wonderful, wonderful place to be. So a mother's heart, mother's honor, and a mother's heritage is the last part that we see here with, uh, with Timothy. And why did Timothy rise to be the, the man that he was? Because <laughs> of mom, that's why. You know, a lot of homes today, it's, I don't know, I don't know if, uh, I, I, I don't want to be too light on this. It's, 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 it's not uncommon, I guess I should say, to find a home in which when you take a look at the biblical principles, they're in perfect order. I don't know. I think we're all kind of a, a work in progress. But today we want to recognize that regardless of what other factors may or may not be there, moms, you hold the key to godliness and greatness in your home that the guys, you know, we help, hopefully we lead in that way, but there's a unique blessing that comes that God uses through the mom to the children that we see all around us. So moms, it's, a, it's an honorable role that you have. We give you honor uh, today. We love you. We love all that you've done. All, all of us had moms that brought us, allowed us to get to this point. And we all are, you know, it's funny. I just want to close out with that, that song we sang on, Faith of Our Mothers. When you read that, it almost sounds like we're, you know, worshiping our moms. We're not. It's our moms as they point us to Christ. Jesus is the Son of God, and he bore our sin on the cross of Calvary, that we would be new creatures, that we'd be born again, we'd be new creatures. He'd take things that were wretched and defiled and, and use us for his honor and for his glory, and those things can only be done through the power, the power of God. Let's bow our heads for just a, a minute or so. You know, we, we spend some time, and I think rightfully so, talking about mothers today, and we love you. We love you from the bottom of our hearts. And we don't tell you enough, but we do. And the place that you have in our homes and in our church and our country is uh, profound, to say the least. But above all, we want to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For in him, we move and have our being. And uh, he's the one that we need. If you're here today and you haven't yet repented of your sin, because we've sinned, and that separates us from God. Repent, which is Christ the Savior. He gives us everlasting life, life that never ends. That's a gift of God through, through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
If you've never received Christ, we certainly encourage you to really consider it today. Take it personal. Take it personally, this, this challenge to know Christ and to be saved. Take it personally. Don't take it as a religious truth that applies. It's universally out there. No, take it personally. And then honoring our moms. <laughs> take that personally. Oh, they deserve it. They de- deserve the very best we can give. We're going to stand and sing a couple of verses of invitation today. If the Lord's spoken to your heart, the invitation, the altar's open, and if there's anything we can do, if you have any questions, We hope that message was an encouragement to you. To stay up to date with us, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at LBC Schenectady. If you would like more information on how heaven can be your home, please visit lighthousebaptist.org slash the gospel.